Okay, so if you were with us last week, we talked about God's generous wisdom, how God is not stingy, and the heart attitude he wants us to have when we ask him for his wisdom. He wants us to ask confidently and wholeheartedly, expecting to receive from our faithful God. And now we're going to get a little wisdom from God through James as we keep reading uh, James 1, starting in verse 9 and going through 15. Let the brother of humble circumstances boast in his exaltation, but let the rich boast in his humiliation because he will pass away like a flower of the field. For the sun rises and together with the scorching wind dries up the grass. Its flower falls off and its beautiful appearance perishes. In the same way, the rich person will wither away while pursuing his activities. Blessed is the one who endures trials because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. No one undergoing a trial should say, I am being tempted by God since God is not tempted by evil and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he's drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Wow. So we can't blame God when we find ourselves in trouble. When we find ourselves being tempted, we can't blame God and say, this is your doing. It's your fault. I'm, I'm wanting to sin. Uh, we can never say that. We can never say that. And what we see here in, this, uh, in these few verses is that the rich and poor alike experience trials. It doesn't matter who we are, where we come from. We all experience trials. And maybe that's persecution like the early Christians in the first century, uh, even people that James was writing to, many of them had been dispersed across the nations, uh, many forced to flee uh, for their lives. Didn't matter if they were rich or poor, they all had the same challenges. Now, sometimes if we're rich, we face other challenges of how to manage things and and wealth and resource being under threat. And if we're poor, we're trying to figure out how do we pay the bills and how come I don't seem to have the same uh, influence or access to the same justice that someone else that has more resources seems to have. So what do we do with this? Because we're all going to face and experience trials, and we're all going to experience temptation. James says the believer in humble circumstances can boast in his or her exaltation. God wants us to understand something. Our position in Christ is secure, and we can boast in that. We can rest confidently and stand confidently in that, knowing we are secure in Christ. It doesn't matter how poor you may be or how humble your circumstances may be, your position in Christ is secure. The only way we are a humble brother or a humble sister is because we are a part of God's royal 
family. That's why we can call one another brother and sister. Greatness in the kingdom of God is not found in your your social standing. Greatness in the kingdom of God is found in service. Matthew 20, 45 through 48 says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and those in high positions act as tyrants over them. But it must not be like that among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to serve, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Can I just say, knowing that it is uh, Mother's Day, uh, moms who serve, thank you. Thank you for the ways you've laid down or postponed your own goals for the sake of your children. The tears you have cried, the time you've invested, the prayers you have prayed on behalf of others. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, what if we are the wealthy believer, the rich believer? James says the rich believer can boast in his or her humiliation. Now, that sounds weird. I'm going to boast in my humiliation. But what we're really doing here is recognizing how temporary life is. And when we face the loss of our uh, income or the loss of wealth or the loss of status, when we're facing trials and we recognize we can't put our hope in our stuff, We can't put our hope in our resource. And when the hot winds of life blow, and James says like a flower, uh, the stem shrivels up, the flower falls, and its beauty perishes. When that happens, we can recognize where is our true wealth. Our true wealth is found in Christ. And when when we recognize this, then we find, we find ourselves being humbled. We find ourselves being humiliated sometimes in life or forced into humble circumstance. We can actually boast in that. And we recognize that just as Jesus, who was, I mean, if anybody was wealthy, it would have been Jesus as the son of God from all eternity, the glorious one, and him stepping into humble circumstance, coming uh, not just as a, uh, a human, but as a human of modest means, uh, not coming into royalty, but coming into poverty. Jesus has done this. He has set the example. And when we find ourselves coming into humble circumstance, from wealth into humility, we can say, wow, we are following a path like Christ. Can I just say, moms who've experienced the winds of life, thank you. Your true beauty is seen by Jesus. You may feel windblown. You may feel sun-scorched. You may feel humbled. uh, And sometimes at the end of yourself, at the end of your own wisdom, Jesus sees you. And actually, John 12, 24, just paraphrasing, it says, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies... It bears no fruit. But wow, when, when we fall to the ground, sometimes we fall to the ground and we go, whoa, it just feels like death sometimes. 
God sees, and there will be good fruit that comes from it. So guys, not only do the rich and poor alike experience trials, Jesus says the crown of life is promised to everyone who endures. Blessed is the one who endures trials. The ESV says that uh, everyone who remains steadfast, and that's what we're calling this today, steadfast, remain and persevere. Just that you keep going is evidence of God at work. Just that you don't quit is evidence of God at work deeply. It's kind of cool, this word for enduring trials. The Greek word here is is dokimos, uh, and it speaks of one who has stood the test, who is approved, who is accepted. And this word was used particularly of coins and money to specify this is a legitimate coin, not counterfeit. It's amazing how our inner quality and our inner beauty is revealed as we persevere and trust in Jesus. How do we persevere in our trust of Jesus? The only way that perseverance even is revealed is through trial and through struggle. And it's the persevering that ends up creating this wonderful beauty. God promises the crown, the victory wreath of life. To who? To those who serve him. It's or Sorry, not to those who serve him. To those who love him. It's a promise. Moms, your primary calling is to love and be loved by God. Dads, that's true of you. Everybody who hears this, it's true of you. Your primary calling is to love and be loved by God. In the very short letter uh, of Jude, Jude verse 21 says, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting expectantly. And that's fine. We're called to be expectant even as we wait. It's okay to be expectant of good things to come even in the face of trial. And that expectancy actually helps us to endure. How do we, how do we have that strong expectancy? We know that God loves us. We know that he cares for us. We know there's a promise waiting for us. Now, finally, uh, in this, in this passage, James shifts into this idea of not blaming God, uh, when we are tempted, not saying it's God who's tempting us, uh, but recognizing, uh, it is not God who's tempting us in the trials we face, but everyone faces temptation. God will test us for positive outcome and growth, but God never tempts us to sin. He never tempts anyone. And God himself has never been successfully tempted. And he can't be tempted. Even Jesus, when he was walking in this earth as fully God and fully man, when it says he was tempted in every way and that the devil came to tempt him, uh, he could not be uh, seduced into that. He never gave in to temptation. And now, Jesus, the Son of God, seated in glory, uh, seated with the Father and the Holy Spirit of God, the, the wonderful Trinity that we worship and love, we know that God cannot be tempted. 
but our own desires lure us and entice us. This is a fishing term uh, that's used to lure out a fish, lure it out from its uh, kind of safe hiding place, lure it out to where it can then take the bait. When our desires engage intimately then with temptation and take that bait, a conception happens. The child of this conception has a name, and its name is sin. Now, sin matures itself. It grows up. When we entertain sin and we make place and make room for sin to grow in our lives, sin grows up. And the child of sin is called death. This reminds me of Genesis chapter 3 and the fall of man when Adam and Eve, uh, they were tempted, they gave in, they sinned, and there was a spiritual death that happened. And then their own children, they have Cain and they have Abel, and Cain uh, is jealous of his brother and he's angry with his brother and he gives place to sin and he just harbors sin. And what results of that is murder. He kills his brother, Abel. The Passion Translation uh, translates uh, here in, in James as this. Evil desires give birth to evil actions. And when sin is fully mature, it can murder you. So what do we do with this, you guys? We've already said it. Rich and poor alike face trials and temptations of all kinds. Trials are to be endured. Temptations are to be resisted. In trials, we can turn to Jesus who will help us remain steadfast and to endure. In temptations, we can flee to Jesus who never surrenders to temptation, who's never going to tempt us to sin. We can always flee to him. When we were talking about this uh, a few days ago, what came to my mind was 1 Corinthians uh, 10, 13. No temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but he will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Isn't that cool? God not only doesn't tempt us, but he also provides a way out. He puts a limit on temptation so that we will not be tempted beyond what we can handle. That's so, so amazing. Father, I just thank you uh, for the way you provide for us. And even when we are tempted, Lord, we know we are never tempted beyond what we can handle. Lord, you lead us uh, in, in a direction that takes us out of it. We thank you for the escape that has been provided by you. And we thank you for the ultimate escape from sin and death that you have provided for us. And we thank you that you will stamp on us that Greek word dokimos, Lord, those that have endured the test, those that are, have proven uh, legitimate. Uh, and this is all because of you and all in your power. So Lord, whether we are in humble circumstances, boasting that our identity is in Christ, whether we are wealthy and then recognizing the temporal nature of our wealth, 
Lord, we thank you, thank you, thank you that it all comes back to you and our security is found in you and you alone. And we love you for it and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 